You're a funny guy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. What do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Bing, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. <laughs> you don't trust me at all, do you? I tell you what, you make it through tomorrow without killing anybody, then I'll start trusting you. Fair enough. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you. You did. I lied. All right, this is Kill You Last. I'm Peter Garacci. I'm Alex Pashera. Hey, Alex. Hey, Peter. So we're it's just the two of us today. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to do something. I've been I've been thinking about this for a while. There's um. You might think that the only movies I like to watch are Stallone and Schwarzenegger movies, but that's not true. Yeah, sometimes it, it seems like that. So there's, uh, I actually like a lot of movies from a lot of different genres. So there's a movie that I, I keep thinking about, and that movie is North by Northwest, which is a Hitchcock movie from 1959. And the more I think yeah. about it, the more I'm like, oh, this movie is an early action movie. There's a lot of like stuff in here that would go on to be used in action movies. And I was like, wouldn't it be interesting just for the two of us just to talk about this is like one of my favorite movies. Cary Grant is, is like one of my favorite actors, and I was like, oh, it'll be it'll be fun to just kind of yeah go examine this movie. That is- I agree, oh, it would be fun. Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> oh, would it? It would be. It would be fun, which I can't wait to see what you're going to say. Sorry, I, I just wanted to. Uh, I think it's a, it's an adventure film that has like these action movie scenes like in it and the way they shoot it and like that classic like the crop duster yeah. uh, scene like that's very action but it's like an adventure this guy goes across the entire fucking country yeah. so so to me like it was like it's like a it's like before action movies were even like a thought this was what they this is the thing before action movies you yeah. know what i mean there's not you know there's not like there's not a lot of fighting there's not like a lot of right. gunplay right but there is but some actually though. in a weird yeah. way this movie makes me think of uh die hard because you have a guy who's like finds himself in an extraordinary circumstance that he's not That's really ready for, and people are he's he's basically got to take on the bad guys. Um, the bad guy is like very debonair and very well dressed. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Debonair. What is that word? You don't know debonair. Debonair no. is like uh, when a man is like very like sw- gay. No, no I'm kidding. Not gay at all. I'm kidding. Suave, suave, and, like and, James like, Bond. Well dressed. Yeah, yeah. James Bond is the perfect debonair. A James Bond. All right. Exactly. See. <laughs> Um, yeah. So in this movie, North by Northwest is 1959. It's Alfred Hitchcock. Um, Cary Grant plays like a he's like a Madison Avenue executive, bachelor for life. Kind of, so you get the impression that he lives a pretty frivolous life, but he's en- he's enjoying it. Uh, gets mistaken for um, I don't, it's not it's not Something really clear. Kaplan. Like a spy, he gets mistaken for another man who's a spy, a spy. or an agent, and so the bad guys think that he's that guy, so they start chasing after him. And the government agency, you, you come to find out who's, who's on the other side, like this is the best thing that could have happened for them because they basically invented a man who didn't exist as a diversion to the bad guys. And now they have a, an actual guy who they think is, is this guy. So they decide like, oh, we're just going to let this play out and see what happens. And he literally travels from New York across the country. All the there way are scenes up. up it, it, the climax, very famously, is on Mount, Mount Rushmore, Rushmore, like on the faces of the sculptures on Mount Rushmore. Right, right. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a huge Hitchcock fan. I love movies from this time period. I think um, this. I mean, this is considered one of Hitchcock's best. And I go back and forth. I don't know if I necessarily even think this is my favorite. Uh, not, it's not. It's not my favorite Hitchcock movie by a long shot. 
but it's it's a really well done movie and again like something we talk about all the time it's like like you you can have like the terminators and you can have the rambos but you also can have like the regular guy who finds himself in an extraordinary circumstance and overcomes yeah. and that's what that's what this movie is i like i like those movies because it's easier to relate to the protagonist and it's like i like books like that where it's like unassuming and then you know it's kind of, again uh we're gonna say hero's journey once in every podcast yeah. but it's the pre you know the preamble to you know before you enter the 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 the, the underworld or whatever he calls it like it's it's brief in this movie. I mean, he is pretty much in his adventure within five minutes yeah. of this movie. It's pretty wild. And, that's an, and, and it goes on, dude. It, I, I got to say, how many acts do you think are in yeah. this movie? Well, it's funny because, I mean, I mean, like I said, I'm a huge Hitchcock fan. And Hitchcock yeah. is interesting because Hitchcock was not very well respected in his time. He was considered kind of a schlocky. Like, really? Be, yeah, and... And it's funny, like I don't know, like. But he was famous and well very, known, very famous, and, very successful. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know what the. I mean, he wouldn't be the equivalent of, like a Jerry Bruckheimer or something like, or like. It couldn't be. No, but it's like he was. He was respected for making like well crafted movies, but they weren't considered like sophisticated or good films. And then, so when, he was kind of like the like an Andy Warhol, like, like kind of a guy doing his own fucking it was thing. Popular, but entertainment. was very popular. Yeah, it was yes. popular entertainment. Yeah. And so, but what happened was in like late fifties, early sixties in France, there were like a lot of young film critics and they started writing about Hitchcock, like Hitchcock was like their hero. And they started writing all these like critical essays about Hitchcock and that sort of made Hitchcock be reevaluated as like they considered Hitchcock like the, the master. And that literally like changed how people started to view Hitchcock and and his movies. And I would imagine movies in general yeah. because he was very I mean and and to say a movie from the 50s like lasts is I I mean I don't know if any of them would be able to hold up, you know, now if you show it to like a 12-year-old like they're going to be like this what is this old shit, you yeah. know what I mean? But as an adult watching this movie, you know, it's amazing how well done it is yeah technically speaking and then also from like um uh just just like from an enticing story angle but i mean from actually like the shots and the and the the way everything is set up in the movie and even like the sound effects and just like everything comes together almost like how how the fuck did they have the technology to make it like this but that was also like a criticism of hitchcock was that he was just he he knew how to manipulate audiences so he was just doing the things that would like he he and he even said it. He was like he's like I, I play a note and people react right. to, to that note. But it's a lot of like interesting stuff and a lot of like the famous stories about Hitchcock is like, oh, I want to do a movie that ends with a man hanging on Abraham Lincoln's nose. Right, right, right. And then right, he would right. build I a movie that, yeah. around. So another famous legend is that he wanted to do a movie um, that had a scene where you're watching a car be assembled in an assembly line. I heard this. And at yep. The end a dead body falls out. Right. And actually, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Minority Report. Yeah, yeah, I love, yeah. It's one of my Great favorite movies. I love that movie. And there's a scene where the car gets put together and, and Tom Cruise is in it and drives it oh, away. Oh, that's smart. And that's an homage to That's to, really smart. To Hitchcock. Is it Tom Cruise? No. Tom Cruise in Minority Report. Yeah, Minority yeah. Report is, um, is Matt Damon, isn't it? No, no. This is like where he's like, uh, there's like the, the, the psychics that predict crime in yeah, the future. Yeah, Mi- Minority no, it's, Report. Yeah, it's, it's Tom Cruise. I'm looking this up. I'm 100%. <laughs> This, I'm not. I don't, I don't doubt it. I don't think it's Minor Report. I, I don't think it's Tom Cruise. I, I know it's Tom Cruise. All right. 
Um, but yeah, so that was you know, so like the scene where like yeah, you're right, Carrie, <laughs> the scene where Cary Grant is like in the field and like the crop duster is like attacking him. Yeah, like that stuff is like so technically well done that people are like, oh, the people would say like, oh, there's no like real heart and emotion. This it's just like precision but it's like that's but that's but that's great amazing uh, yeah it's a movie it, la- it la- yeah it la- it stays with you it la- and the other the other joke about this movie so he, you know again he's you know Cary Grant's a very rich successful guy throughout the movie he's wearing this beautiful suit yeah and yeah. they asked Hitchcock at one point like, what's what's this movie about and he goes it's about the suit and it's literally the suit takes so much abuse it does and it's like yeah. what and they <laughs> they said it's like the, it, this is the like the most famous suit in the history of the movies <laughs> Um, but it, it's again like I, I love the idea of like building a movie around an idea like that, or it, it, not even an idea really, just one scene. Yeah, like he had the idea for the scene at Rushmore, and then I think he had just like barely a concept. Yeah, and they're like and how even, are you going to get here? And like the, the the title North by Northwest doesn't even make sense. Yeah, it's not a real direction. There, no one really. It, it's invented for the movie. No, right. I, just, I just um. Like I said, like it's it's good to take a break from from eighties action movies every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, no. and I've and I've seen this movie many times. I rewatched it. I, I listened to the voiceover commentary with uh, the, the guy who wrote. Uh, it. I wish I had that. Yeah, the guy who wrote his name's Ernest Lehman. He wrote another yep. one of my favorite movies called Sweet Smell of Success, mm. which is an amazing movie from the fifties about um, uh, Tony Curtis plays a down in his luck, like a really kind of sleazy. Like they called them press agents at the time, but they're publicists. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, Popera- uh, publicists. Right. And like at that time, there was like newspaper columnists had all mm-hmm. this power to like make or break oh, careers. Sure. Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah. trying to get his client into this newspaper column, and mm-hmm. it's like he's like willing to do a lot uh, of okay. a lot of sleazy stuff. Oh, that in sounds a, great. In order to, it's a, the movie is amazingly written. Like the script, the, the the dialogue and everything in it is fucking unbelievable. You had to be really strong with the scripts back in the fucking. 50s and 60s yeah because there just wasn't that much you could do there's not a lot of visually dude yeah. and and hitchcock did it he did the visual aspect of film better than probably anyone back then but even so you need there's a lot of dialogue in this film yeah and also like and it, you need this, it to be good this shows you like we don't have movie stars anymore like we really don't i mean people say like maybe leonardo DiCaprio is our last movie star right and will smith was a movie dude carrie we Grant, have some like carrie grant is a fucking movie star like he, well he lived his entire life as a, like you know what i mean like like he died and he was a movie star yeah like uh, that well, he, he just was but he was he but he invented this oh persona. i see what you mean okay okay gotcha. and you you're just you know you're watching cary grant like anytime he tried to do anything like he did like a couple movies where he's like playing like a poor cockney and everyone's like what the fuck is this or like he did like a western and he's got like a ponytail and people are like this is no good it's like just we want to see cary grant in a suit like we want to see mm-hmm. him being the the leading man, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know, you're probably gonna hate me for this, but I've always Cary Grant, that's his name. Yeah, I've always heard the name Cary Grant. Oh, you didn't know who it was? I knew he was an actor. I couldn't have told you before I watched this what decade he was from. Oh, really? Couldn't have told you what he looked like at all. Didn't know while watching this that this was Cary Grant. I just. You know, just started it's watching funny it, and that then I watch like I do some things after I watch the movie. Usually, I'll watch like some sort of synopsis or some sort of not even a synopsis, like a like a, uh, for this video there was a ton of stuff. I mean, for this film there was a ton of like how they wrote the screenplay, little things you don't know, and so when I got to those videos, it, it became apparent this is Carrie oh, Grant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's that guy. He's probably the greatest or the biggest movie star of all time. Like he was like, and and it's funny that he's just like. It's so, it's so, I mean, we were talking about, before we got on Mike, we were talking about like comedy and stuff. It's like, 
we all like have these like dreams of stuff and then it's like after you die most people don't care like you could be That's the biggest saying, star I'm, in the world i guarantee you and you're you'll still be people it, in their early 20s have never thought about Cary grant in their true. entire lives and they're full adults i wonder if dude if you're born in tw- in two year 1999 you're 20 years old yeah there might be a who knows there might be a Cary grant resurgence I'm that, sure some that hap- of them know him, but that I'm just saying. Too. Like, there's also um, Hitchcock is a is a weird thing because I definitely know Alfred Hitchcock. You see, like, so so they were contemporaries in that sense. Not, I mean, one was you know yeah. making movies and one was an actor, but I I knew I know what Hitchcock looks like. I know his yeah. movies. I know for well, there's sure there's like a persona of Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, too. it's inter- It's an interesting commentary. Actually, I'm just thinking about it right now. But the maker of the thing. Is, might actually be more memorable yeah. and have more staying power than the than the star of of, yeah. of, an, of a piece. Well, because like there they were Hitchcock movies, and in fact, the, on the um, on the commentary, the writer goes, he goes, no one ever you know says this is a Lehman movie, like they say it's a Hitchcock movie, and that was actually so. So you've heard of the auteur theory. No. So that these Fre- these French critics they came they, and they by the way they went on to be like François so they all went on to become film directors like Truffaut and Godard and all these guys they were they were young writers and they started writing criticism and they they were obsessed with American culture but yeah. they were they were obsessed with American pop culture. Isn't it amazing how like 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 pockets of 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 regions will just produce like a bunch of one yeah. version of artists like, i think that it's so cool how that like scenes develop around like like people just start talking and they're like yeah i agree with that and it's like that actually turns into like a movement i think art feeds like off that like that's why you have like Definitely. a bunch of painters in france at a, at a certain time 100 like, the italian renaissance and yeah, all that or like the, yeah. you know the, the comedy boom that's happening in new york city right now a, a genuinely that is um, that is a modern day version of that that is Probably yeah. the most concrete example of it. So I believe – auteur, I believe, means author in French. Okay. And so the auteur theory, which is very controversial with film nerds, is that the director is the author of the movie. Ooh. So that you know a movie by its director more than anything else. And the reason it's controversial is because it, movies are collaborative. There's a lot of different parts. But it's like – so to say something is a Hitchcock movie when someone else wrote it, someone else did the score, someone else yeah. stars in it. But there's definitely – these are Hitch- like if you watch Hitchcock movies, no, he, he, it doesn't. He literally would tell the screenwriter what he wanted, yeah, and he like would tell the actors like there's always a blonde in da- in danger. <laughs> yeah. You know, the men are often like ob- obsessed with something, and they're uh, like you know, th- there's definitely tropes whether he was doing something that was more lighthearted and comical like this or way, like things that he made that were a lot darker. He also famously, I mean, Cary Grant was uh, frustrated with him. Uh, in the filming of this because he wouldn't let any of the actors change a single word. Oh, so really? like, you know, so not, e- not even talking about like imp- improving a whole line like they do nowadays. Like literally a Cary Grant couldn't rephrase something, you know what I mean? To make it more natural. Yeah. And so that actually frustrated Cary Grant during the filming of this. Uh, he said something like, we're a third of the way through the film, and this is just this script. The script is a mess. Like he hated it. Oh, really? Yeah, because he was getting frustrated with Hitchcock's like real. Like this script is perfect. You have to stick to the word. Like we're not changing anything. So he really defended. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Script. The screen. Ernest Lehman. Yeah. Yeah. He he was like on board with that script to the T. Yeah. And they were filming that that those words like that was yeah. definitely. So to me though, like Hitchcock, um, you're right. I, I the auteur theory or whatever. I think it's right because I think. Uh, if you look at it, like, I mean, very few screenwriters 
I'll just say, I, I, I don't really know exclusive screenwriters. I can't name more than like five of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can name well, like 20 directors. Well, it's a, it's a director's medium. At the end of the day, it is. At, yeah. at the end of the day, the script, you don't even know. There are so many stories of like movies where like the script was a mess or they changed. Sure. The direct, they edited it in such a way that it's, the movie is completely different than what yes. it was originally into. One of the great... Um, Editors, too, have a lot of... Uh, one of the great voiceover commentaries. There's a movie called The Limey, which is another one of my favorites. It's Steven Soderbergh. It's a movie that uh, kind he's of... He's great. It, this movie kind of broke him and uh, the writer's name is Len Lem Dobbs, and the Limey is a movie about um, uh, a Limey, like you know, low class British like guy. British, yeah, yeah. Comes to comes to Hollywood. His daughter died mysteriously in a car accident, and he doesn't buy it. So he wants to in, he wants to find out what happened. And it turns out she was hanging out with some like shady movie producer, and the voiceover commentary of and the I think the movie's a masterpiece. I think the when movie, did this come out? Uh I want to say what like decade? 99, okay. 2000, yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that. And um, I think the movie is incredible. And the voiceover commentary is just the writer like basically being like, you ruined my, my script to Steven Soderbergh. And it's wow. amazing. The two of them are just – Are they arguing? They're arguing the whole That's fucking amazing. Time. And they're not like at each other's throats. No, but that's great. But I love hearing that. He's literally like, "Oh, remember when I had this great idea here and you butchered it by doing this instead?" Like that's the whole movie. So fucking. It's one of the great voiceover commentaries of all time. The limey. But um, yeah, it's it's at the end of the day, the the director and the producers get to decide what the finished product is. Like mm-hmm. the, the and another another thing with Hitchcock is he famously said that that actors were were cattle. Like you're just literally just moving them to where you want, and you know a lot of actors don't like to hear that shit. But in a way, he's he's not right that they're cattle. But what are they fucking called? They're, they're called directors. They're you have to direct them along of a puzzle, and yeah. the, the director. Is I don't the one think who he meant the they're pieces of meat. I think he meant we have to like we have to herd them like shep- cattle. You have to shepherd yes. them where you want them to be, and, yes. and I think that's true. Sometimes you have to get a performance out of mm-hmm. out of an actor. Like, and sometimes it's not. It's not just about what the actor wants to do. It's about mm-hmm. what services the movie. Yeah, it's like what Kubrick famously did with Shelley or whatever. Oh, my God. That's yeah, a, I, um, that I mean, that's horrible. Like, like, borderline, I, it's not borderline. That's abuse. Yeah, like, I love Kubrick, her. but he was probably a bad dude. <laughs> oh, he's definitely a bad dude. Yeah. But he was I also mean, brilliant. But a nut. Like a nut, but like amazing. Yeah. But amazing. But yeah, like I don't know. Hitchcock is somebody that I – of all the all the movies, I like I go back to his movies over. I probably own more Hitchcock movies than of anybody else. And it's like Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart were you know known for being stars in and of themselves, but they both did a lot of Hitchcock movies, and they both did a lot of movies that were like against their type. There you go. That's that. But that's what you should do if you're a star. You should fucking change it up. You should. The guys that are doing it today like that are usually successful, you know? And like I they thi- do something you don't expect them to do. And Hitchcock definitely influenced that, like, all right, this movie's like 59. The guys that, like, came in, like, the 70s, the Spielbergs and the De Palma, those guys definitely were influenced by, by Hitchcock. Like, tax, Taxi Driver, the score of that movie, that movie has a fa- very famous score. It's the same guy who did the score to North by Northwest. Mm. So Scorsese was mm-hmm. growing up watching these movies in the 50s, and then when he became a director, he got Bernard Herrmann, who's who did the score to like a bunch of Hitchcock movies, including this movie, to do Taxi Drivers? It's like mm-hmm. a really like bluesy, like kind of like instrumental score. And you know, like Brian De Palma basically like owns the fact that he basically just remakes, like he just does Hitchcock movies, like he just does his version of of Hitchcock with like the camera angles and all this like different stuff. Like um, I don't know, I just um, 
Yeah, like I said, I, this is a movie that I've been thinking about a lot, yeah. and I thought it would be interesting to do. I definitely enjoyed it if it wasn't c- clear. The one thing I, 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 I have a few, uh, I guess, criti- not criticisms, but just like it was a bit hard, hard to almost like follow. Yeah, I still points. don't. It's, I still am not 100% certain right, and I think what's going on. It's got to be intentional, right? That it's like super. There's even a scene where he's sort of talking to this guy outside a train. Yeah. And like. I swear, I think it's on purpose that they're like messing with the the sound effects. Where like there's this like propeller that's going oh, off yeah, so while he's explaining everything to him. Oh, I think that is, and on then purpose. you can't hear the that's dialogue. A trick. That's so, a trick. That uh, it is right because yeah, I don't. Yeah. I didn't have a subtitle track on this uh, file, and I usually do, and I love having the subtitles on just just in case I miss anything. And uh, so I didn't have a, a file for this, so I was just trying to hear it, and I would back it up and put my ear to the fucking thing, and I, I, it, it's illegible. You can't hear it. So the, uh, one of Hitchcock's things is called a, it's called a MacGuffin, and literally a MacGuffin is the thing that's made up for the movie just to make the plot move. So at the end of the day, is that his thing? Or he is that like, like he a kind of, he invented this device where it's like at the end of the day, no one really cares. All you care about at the end is that Cary Grant beats the bad guys and ends up with the girl. And it doesn't you know, matter I, why they're chasing him. Yeah, I th- guess there's literally like Jesus. There's though. another you one. You gotta have something. Well, no, man. but it's like, but it, but it's also like it kind of shows you like how how manipulative films can be, like yeah. in an interesting way. There's another one that he did with Cary Grant called Notorious, and in that movie, like they're looking for like like a like some like plutonium back when like people were like afraid of like nuclear like you know it's well, like oh my god there's plutonium it, it, here they're gonna it's kind of scary but yeah there was but it more. was like early, it was actually before anyone really knew i think it might have been before like the nuclear bombs were dropped so there's like he like he had heard someone say plutonium he's like oh i'm gonna use plutonium in my next right, movie right and at the end of the day it's like no one really cares about the plutonium because it's all this other stuff that's happening in the movie and like this movie it's like i, I, I don't even remember like you know why does he like he goes to this hotel and then he says this thing and then he's at the un it's like at the end of the day it's just about having it's an adventure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like why why is he standing in a field and then a plane comes down and tries to kill him you never get an explanation of who it is like it's just but that scene is well, you, so yeah, masterful it's really really well it's done. like it's like way too long and yeah, you're waiting yeah. and there's like all this tension builds up and then it's like this plane is trying to kill him. And again, it's like, you're just like, oh shit, his suit is getting ruined. He's rolling <laughs> in the dirt. Yep. But like, again, like that's why, you know, when you talk about like a smart movie, like movies can be really smart, even if they're, you know, not deep or about like deep subjects. It just can be like smartly done. Like yeah, wisely like well done. done. And I think yeah. that relates. Like, I think, I think Die Hard, for example, is a fucking perfectly made yeah, movie. Yeah, and yeah, And at the end of the day, it's a yeah. guy stuck in a building killing bad guys in a, in a high rise. Right, but it's a smart template, and obviously yeah. so at now. You could look back and go, well, that was a smart way to make an action movie because look how many people have done it. Now. Well, because it's yeah. like, it's like, yeah. it's like, because everyone's like, oh, I want to have Die Hard on a train, Die Hard on yeah. a bus. Yeah. And it, but it's, again, it's like, it's a very, because you can, you can explain Die Hard in a sentence. Yeah. You know, yeah. but it's, but it's so well done. Yeah. That's, that, yeah, you can't really do that on this film. <laughs> you cannot explain this film in one sentence. Uh-huh. No fucking way. Try it. Cary Grant is a, uh, he gets mistaken. For a bag a guy and he goes on an adventure across the country. That's not the film. <laughs> That's not the film. There, you, you left out the whole part about he goes on an adventure. I mean, you should have said he got chased by. Yeah, he's people. getting chased on planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, okay. <laughs> he well, drives. Um, he drives. Yeah, he rides Martin's a train. Does yeah. he fly? 
I don't think he flies. No, he's never. He's on the train. He gets attacked by a plane. Yes, but he's never in a plane. Yes. Um. So I'm glad that you like. It. I didn't know that you didn't know anything about this movie. Or Cary Grant. I was. knew. I've heard the name of the movie, and I heard. I've heard the name of Cary Grant, and I know Hitchcock, and I've seen a few Hitchcock films. I've seen like Psycho and The Birds, and then another, another one. That yeah, I've seen. I, I think can't. you could take pretty much any Hitchcock movie and make a 2019 version of it. Yeah, I, I think yeah, that would be sure. a cool thing, and or make it like more of a an actiony. Like you using, could certainly this you, one you could make like a fucking an action but like a blow off. Oh, if, like a if huge John action. like if there's, yeah like a if John, John Wick, Wick if yeah. now John Wick instead of staying in New York he's traveling cross country. John Wick has a lot of the same setup for the action because like it is a group of assassins chasing one guy. Yeah, it, it doesn't it, matter the re- again. It's not really it doesn't matter the reason. And there's a lot in like there's a lot of setups. The there. making of the John Wick movies. I know there's a, there was there was a lot of like oh wouldn't it be cool to have a fight in a in a horse stable and like use exactly. the horses in there the you fight. go that's Hitchcock right there all totally over it. like it really like in a way it's very Hitchcockian. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Is that the word? I don't, I don't no, know. that is that people say Hitchcock. Yeah, oh, yeah. it just sounds bad. It's a, it is Hitchcocky. Hitchcock. Hitch, yeah. No, man, I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you dug this. This is cool to like. Yeah. Talk about like something that's a little out of, out of the way, out of the element, out yeah. of a normal element. But um, I mean, there's like I'm trying to think if there's anything that we didn't cover. We should or, talk about. Um, we give a uh, shout out to our boy. Oh yeah. On 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 who hit us up on the gram and had that cool theory about the thing yeah that we didn't even really consider um i think uh, well on instagram he's the lungsman i believe his name is gareth right gareth or, or tell hey. us if we're saying that right yeah gareth. he reached out we wanted to shout him out because he reached out to us on, on our instagram on, yeah but he also had a good theory so it's like so, wh- so what was it again oh at the end of the thing it's just keith david and kurt russell and they're sitting there and they're like oh, well, why don't we just stay here for a while and the right movie just ends like amazing and they're That's, drinking and they're drinking a bottle of whiskey and yeah. it's like there's really nothing for them to do than just like wait things out and hope that somebody comes and rescues them, and they both die basically. Well, so there's the well, so there's a theory like, oh, is Kurt Russell actually the monster, or is Keith? And that's, right. and that's what's so amazing about the ending is like you have no idea what's happening. It's so uh, uh, so ambiguous. ambiguous. Yes. So he said that you know because they're so, Kurt so Russell op- said offers whiskey to um, Keith David's character, but earlier in the movie, Kurt Russell fills his whiskey bottle with gasoline. In order to make a like a Molotov cocktail with it, right? So is that the, is that is it the scene before he makes the Molotov cocktail? Where do you? I, my question to Gareth is: Do we see Kurt Russell pour gasoline in the whiskey? The I exact whiskey? So. I mean, it, now it's been like a. I have to go back and rewatch. I don't remember exactly. So if we, what. but that's that's the question I have because if we see it, I think he's right because yeah. basically what he ends up saying it. What, what There's Gareth all these theories was, about like oh Kurt Russell like you don't see the breath. And like something yeah. in his, there's something like in his eyes that indicates well, maybe that he's. Uh, well, that's less tangible than what Gareth said, though. I mean, those were the examples, supporting examples. But the main thing was he said that Kurt Russell doesn't take a sip of the drink, yeah, and he gives it to Keith's uh, Keith Davis, Keith yep. David's character. And so, if he put gasoline in that bottle, and that's the end of the movie, and he gives him the bottle, I mean, he's trying to kill him. That's yeah. for sure. And and you know what's great about that is that still you don't know who the thing is. Well, really. But why, if he's really the monster, he can just attack him as the monster. I think I, I think it actually makes the argument that Kurt Russell isn't the monster. Oh, that he's and he's going still to kill. trying to kill the monster. Ah, and, and it doesn't actually even Keith David's character. 
it doesn't implicate him actually too much because he could just be Kurt Russell could be making a mistake because he's insane at this point because yeah. he's had to kill everybody. You so would like, think at this point, yeah. you're, you're par- paranoid. You're paranoid takes, out of your fucking mind. Takes it's over. It's weird yeah. that it ends with them going, ha ha, dude. Well, like whatever, dude. That's it's why, like, like, that's weird. That's they why should be suspicious. John Carpenter's like a ma- like. I think his endings are unfucking believable. Like, every movie of his that like, like it's just that's a great ending. Oh, it's the just thing like, it has a fantastic like the, what a what a good movie that is because it's not just a good it, it, it's a horror movie it's a good story and it has like a really good ending and it's yeah. just like why didn't i ever see and it that, before that, that music great. kicks in at the end oh. very familiar to fans of kill you less yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boom boom it's very good man the whole thing is so well done so yeah shouts out um thanks for the theory we didn't and sorry we didn't think of that i yeah, guess we should have talked about other that. i mean guys if you're listening and you want to like reach out to us through the instagram yeah we got to get better at that peter didn't know how to log in until like I, yesterday so today there's a reason why i don't even know what brand of microphones we use i just know that they're good like I, that's not my i the logo's like right on them man. what does it say it's a sure sm7b oh, we, use, we use sure microphone they're the best they're the ones that wrote joe rogan uses. oh is that right yes they are i was wondering why we sounded so good they're industry standard no but i don't i did, literally just haven't logged into the instagram account for weeks because i couldn't log in and alex in 10 seconds showed me how to log in on my phone I mean, it's just literally ad account login yeah that's why i have you man. yeah i guess so but so well, we're gonna be posting more and just like asking questions and seeing what you guys think. Yeah, like, maybe so some we, theories. I like the theories because that gives us like a talking point. Yeah, we so we uh, we always have the guest pick the movie, which right. is why if you're ever wondering why we've done uh, Staying Alive and mm-hmm. Grease Two and mm-hmm. haven't done like the Terminator yet, that's that's why. Well, that's why, and also I don't want to do every fucking amazing '80s banger up top, so that we still have yeah. things to look forward to. And you guys, the you know people who are listening have. You know, movies they want to see. But yeah, if there's definitely if there's movies that you'd like in to the hear, or um, of course, yeah, just other stuff because we also we have listeners from around the world. Yeah, it's really and it would be cool to hear like you know how you there's guys. A few limeys listening right yeah. now. I know that for a fact. Uh, no, we actually we're we're big in we're big in the the former British colonies, <laughs> Can, Canada. I don't know. Um, you no, know. but it'd be cool to hear like how you guys found us and what do you think? Like, because again, we can't help but come from like an American perspective. So if you're from another country and you. Are watching these movies and listening to this podcast. We're curious to hear what yes, what you guys think about this stuff. Please do, please do. Um, because yeah, no, we can't uh, we we can't do this without you guys. Um, I'm trying to think what else. What's going on in your comedy? Life? Oh, I just did in hot water on Compound Media this morning, and that was pretty fucking That's awesome. cool. Yeah, it's funny. We're like we're like uh, Compound a, adjacent. Yes. this podcast is. Oh, and uh, uh, Bill wants us back on. Oh, uh, we'll definitely. He he, he was like, I got to give you a second invite. So like he because I saw him this morning at, at the studio yeah yeah and so we're gonna do morning again soon I saw Joanne she was pleasant and all that it, it, more than pleasant we were like talking and shit it was good yeah and um yeah uh so I you know it's uh, the the show I was on in hot water it's Gino Bisconti and and uh, Aaron Berg show and I know it's pretty popular yeah so, yeah so I you know I was on it this morning give that a watch if you want it's pretty funny um and. Uh, yeah, I think we're gonna have Gino Bisconti on in the nice. future. So he's uh yeah, he's excited to do it. He was upset we asked Bill Schultz first. Oh he was openly upset on the air Are you about serious? Oh yeah, he's like Bill <laughs> and he was like upset. Yeah. Well I so. opened I opened for Aaron Berger a couple weeks ago and um, right. did not ask him to do the podcast. But um yeah, you should have. It was it was amazing. And like I don't think he minds me repeating the story. Like he for the Saturday night, I was like, Hey man, do you wanna get 
uh, a bite to eat. He goes, he goes, yeah. He goes, I'm, I'm actually going to be meeting some friends. You can join us. He goes, do me a favor, though. Don't mention that we're both comedians. Oh, did I, think I, did we I told this, this on oh, the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, like Berg then like took this story that this woman told at dinner, and then like he improvised it on stage, and it was awesome. And he did crowd work with them. It was it was awesome. He's such a funny guy, man. He's one of the first guys that I used to see all the time because uh, before before I was a comic because. What got me into doing stand-up comedy was going to the stand at, at, back at their old location on 3rd Ave and 20th Street on my way home from work every day, every day. And, like, I was crazy. I would just go every day, and eventually, you know, I, I ended up doing it. But but Berg was, like, their house host. He would be hosting there almost every night. Yeah, yeah. So I saw Aaron Berg perform probably, like, 100 times before I even started doing comedy. I love the old club, and He's I haven't so even good. seen the new club yet. I'm excited. No, I haven't been, I haven't been able wow. to go. Wow, Okay. I've been in Jersey, yeah. but uh, I wanted to go that the opening night when you went. I was going to meet up with you, and then something else happened. Yeah, that's when up. I met met up with Gino when he booked me on the on Compound. Yeah, perfect. That See was that? a good. You should have went that I night. Know. That was Fuck. like everyone in New York comedy was there. I not, know. not to sound like a douche, but no, I get it. It no. was like a good. Well, I was there with like the when the old club closed. They that had was like a good one. Too. Three nights, and that was amazing. That was a really good one. Yeah, I did one of the last shows there, not Fran- the final Frantic, but yeah. the final Fat Baby, which was on the Thursday before it closed so it closed on like a monday and i did the show thursday and that was the second time i had ever been on the stage there so yeah, yeah. it was like really i think i remember that because that was early when we were first getting started mm, no I, maybe it was, maybe we had just met no that's we not had true just because met. it was supposed to open in september and we like premiered in september so we had met a yeah few but months we, before we that. remember it, you were upset at how long it was taking for it <laughs> uh, for us to get off the ground and now it's it's some distant memory and we're 40 episodes deep 42 i think this is yeah, it's like a, yeah. Yeah, who, it's the funny things you you worry about then, and that's I was going to. I think I remember saying to you, "You trust me, you're going to be happy." We yeah, were I wanted patient. to. Get, we did a lot of we did a lot of uh, pre pre gaming pre planning well, we before t- we launched. Yes, there was all there was all another guy. Uh-oh. Have we ever talked about that on the podcast? I think we did. I think we did. That, well, I don't think he, he doesn't name. listen anymore. There's no way. He, There's he, no way. No we way. Actually, we met him at the, the stand the night I met you. I was like, hey, guys, yeah. you guys want to do a podcast? Not thinking like four four mics is hard. It would have been three guys and a, and a guest. And a guest every time. That's a hard thing to pull off. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, it's hard enough just to schedule sometimes just when it's just me and you. But let yeah. alone if we had another. And that was the thing. He just never Make no mistake. Up. This kid wasn't white. <laughs> <laughs> And this, no, I'm just saying he's a black kid. And this is why kid. you keep going on compound. <laughs> I, I think it's rubbing off on me. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Trump 20 is funny. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. People. People that are going to get mad at I was me. down the shore. My brother has, has a boat because he's doing well. Uh, yeah. And we went out on the boat. And like you're, you're driving through this like channel. So you're seeing people's like – everyone who has a house with a with – a, on the channel that has their own boat you're, you're driving past all right. these houses and all these people have like a bunch of people have american flags there was so many trump 2020 really flags. did they have a flag jersey's big oh, on tr- yeah. like jersey italians oh, that's what's yeah. funny because it's like they right. talk about like immigrants i every immigrant i know fucking <laughs> like sure no i know man it, it's weird uh, uh, no. i think the flag some of the flags said like trump 2020 like keep america great and some of them said Enough with the bullshit, I think, which I think it's hilarious. Is that, is that a support for Trump? I Enough guess. with the bullshit? I mean, that could go either way. I, I know, but it's just like, like it, it's just fun. I thought it was hilarious. I, think, I do, I have to admit, I am, I've never been either way. I've always been like a centrist, and I'm not even a political guy. That's kind of why I'm a centrist, because I, I just don't care enough to go either way. But I will say it is really quite funny. Uh, at how mad people, people get at Donald Trump. People are losing Trump. their minds. Yeah, it, it, it's really funny 
how mad people get at Donald Trump and most of my friends are like they fall in that bucket of people that yeah. can't stand him. And it's like it's funny to see that nothing they don't they can't, no matter what evidence they bring, no matter what they think they have or they actually have on him. It it doesn't seem to matter, and like they keep getting. Oh, very, listen! It's like watching someone fall. It's once, so once funny. The, once the Mueller report comes out, it's going to be bad. like no, it, nothing. Like they right, can't, right. And they keep thinking they have. Oh my god! It's yeah. it's like a it's like a it's a religion. They're like like it's but both but both sides yeah. are like religions, dude. I I I gotta stick to the centrist viewpoint. I makes, really am. I really am that way. I'm not interested in all, and like I I used to like get really heated into politics exactly. and have arguments, but then at the end I would always find myself exhausted. Yeah, of course. And then the other person was never like they never changed. I didn't change, and we just like wore each other. Out. So ever, it was like yeah. a waste of time. But that being said, it, it people are insane. Um, I think it's just because we're so close to these fucking people. Like that, that living in New York City, yeah. doing an art form. Like, dude, it's just like it, it it, makes, you see the opposite yeah. of what like rural America. Oh, sees. I'm God, sure if I yeah. fucking was hanging out in rural America, I would be like not even rural. Just like I mean, Jersey is wealthy. People are successful, yeah. but they're not. They're not living in New York City. Like they're living a different lifestyle than right. we live here. It makes it makes me think of two things. Like. You know that one side's crazy when you have to be careful what you say around them. Yeah, that's the part I really, really like, that that's like, the part I really I had a really schizophrenic like. aunt that I used to like help take care of, and like I couldn't tell her anything because she was nuts. Like she told me at one point that she goes, "I've reached the age um, that I no longer have to pay my bills." So I would like secretly like mail checks to her electric company without telling her so that her power didn't get turned off. But if I told her, she would have. It's like that's what you're dealing with. It's like oh, we have to do this, but we can't tell. Aunt Margaret, what's going on? Because she's psychotic. Right, right. It, it is an insane thing to um, to. I mean, the people on the on the far left who want to, you know, who almost laugh at the idea of free speech and don't think it's like an important thing. Yeah, that it's like it was like invented by. Dude, the they white mock guys. they mock people on Twitter. They're like, oh, free speech, and it's like, it's like yeah, free about? speech. That's. A Why ba- you can mock me it's right now? It's a basic tenet of America, yeah. It's not just America. It's like the functioning Western world. I mean, and not even Western. Like, dude, if you – man, if you start taking away people's speech, then who gets to control it? Yeah. Who, the, who is making the rules? Like, you know you can't control that. Look, Donald Trump's in the fucking White House. You don't want that, right? So, when- so, so what I'm saying is, is – let me just finish yeah. this point. It's uh, – I agree with you when, when you have to start – being careful about what you say around someone that's when you know it goes too far um that being said there are people who are you know just truly um way too far on the other side that are are you know real racists and real oh, yeah. like, like but it's homophobes. also like come up with an interesting perspective yeah like if I, I agree I, it's like what, what is your interesting take on this but um i, I totally like lost my train of thought what i was gonna say no no that's no, fine i had I, I had a brilliant point that i can't think of <laughs> sure no, it's it, it's just not. It's it's people are. It's just boring. It's just bo- it's like I, it is. my it's, like my yeah. perspective on politics is I don't want to be bothered by any of them. I don't want them. In, I want them leaving me. It's yes. like it's like with cops too. Like I'm glad that there's cops there to protect me, but like leave me alone. Like don't exactly. pull, don't pull me over for stupid bullshit. Don't bother yeah, like, me for something. Who sub- likes interacting with the government? Yeah. Like, I, if you work for a campaign, either side, you're fucking oh, weird. Some people dude. are really into yeah, it. Yeah, you're weird. I've had friends who are if like. If you want to be a politician, yeah. I sorry, we're not going to hang out. That's it's, fucking it's like, strange. I've never had any interaction with any branch of the government where my thought was, oh, you know what these guys need? Uh, more of my money and more power over my life. Yeah, they're like, doing a fucking uh, stand up job. And then <laughs> like, even like, they're talking about like these like, these like immigration <laughs> officers. 
Yeah, it's, I, like, yeah. it's like, who do you think they are? They're the people that work at the DMV. It's the exact same type of person. Right. It's a government employee. Yeah. It's somebody it who is. they get a pension, it's they get a is. nice salary, and, 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 they, and they're doing their job. Well, and here's the thing also. It's like you could disagree with what they're doing down there and not – and simultaneously not attack ICE agents. It's not like the individual agent yeah. is an evil guy. Yeah. You know, like he might be, but like for the most part, they're not. They're just regular people. So I, I understand protesting it, but to be violent – yeah, about it is crazy, and like that's what these Antifa guys, like in Portland, which, which drives me fucking crazy because they're the people that would get upset at what someone can say while simultaneously justifying violence against the right because of their what they're saying. Yeah, so it's like you can, you 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 can hit someone or assault someone, but they can't speak a certain you're, you're, way their Are words you fucking, hurt you yeah it's just like outrageously hypocritical so i remember my my thought so i i in college i took a bunch of classes with this guy hans tiefel and he was like famous at my school women married for being really difficult and we would have classes where like we did a class on like medical ethics and we would literally debate abortion euthanasia all this like heavy heavy yeah, stuff those are tough ones. Yeah. and he said he goes, if you're going to have a, a debate with somebody, always assume that your opponent has good intentions the same as you do. That's beautiful. So, I love that. Because cause the impulse is, I believe what I believe because I'm pure of heart. Right. And you believe what you believe because you're a bad person. That's the uh, – And yeah. you hear this all the time. Oh, they're like, they're like looking at people – you see people, it played out. Yeah, you're, yeah. Lo- you're, you're looking into people's souls where it's like, well, yeah – what he actually means is, is he hates all these people, and, and it's like, no, no. What what is actually being said and done? So I remember s- saying that to somebody. I was like, I was like, when I when I disagree with somebody politically or whatever it is, I always assume that they came to their opinions the same way that I came to mine, and that they're being honest and earnest the same way I am. And that right. that this person I was talking to goes goes, but but yeah, but those are bad people it's like oh so, so, so we can't talk about this then like you're already you're already making my my point for me that when when the person who disagrees with you is a bad person then it's over. the discussion's it, over yeah that's a real real it's it, i don't even know if they're bad as an evil they're a bad person in the sense that they don't get concepts that well yeah that just, person doesn't grasp what you said like complexity yeah, yeah like, was they it, don't understand like, yeah, i don't know if it was thought, a guy or a girl doesn't matter but he or she w- women can think <laughs> oh they can <laughs> <laughs> we need a separate podcast just for this. I don't think we need one, man. I, I'm all good. How about that? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like, it'd be fun. I'm to, all set. It'd dude. be fun to also. I had an idea for a podcast called "Take It Like a Man," where oh, we God. just like. Talk. Oh, you're so on the nose. You're so 80s, dude. What? Take it like a man, and it's a podcast about being men. It's yeah. like, dude, just like, what about a little subtlety for How about gun, guns and swords? My my initial guys, can for- you please write in and tell. Peter, how bad bad of a podcast this would be if it was called Guns and Swords. That's terrible. What, it was, it was a, I wouldn't have done the podcast if you were married it, to that name. What is I would have said no. What is it called when they like do like it's like a um you know you're like in advertising market. Is it when sure. they like the initial idea that it's just like a temporary Oh, like, like beta a, testing. What is that? A beta is like when you're testing a new product. Yeah, so it's that, called. It's in beta because it's only released to a handful of. So people. that was the beta right. version of this. Podcast. Or the working title is what you would say, honestly, because it's like that's what it was. It was a title, yeah. but the beta would be the product. Our beta is our John Wick episode, the original John Wick episode, not John Wick Three. The episode where we recorded, we never just released. The two of us we just experimenting. Before. Yeah, yeah. We recorded that months before it launched. And that's something we'll release in the future. I, I'm going to keep teasing to our Patreon, but that's our beta because that was an actual product. <laughs> yeah, I got you. See? Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I understand. 
I'm good at explaining concepts. So, so this person wasn't good at grasping concepts because even if they truly felt the other side was evil, they would still be able to tangentially speak to you about what you said and yeah. say, oh, that makes sense. Or it doesn't make sense. He didn't argue the point. He just said – no, but they're even, like he didn't understand. No, but, but the that's point. the thing is like, when you're especially like well, that's what the bubble of New York City. When everybody who disagrees with you is, is this boogeyman from out there, and they're all racist, and they're all Nazis, and they're all bad guys. It, it's like you can't possibly engage somebody in a conversation. And and it's funny because I've had I definitely have had interactions with like comedians where they like, for example, it'll be like. I don't know. It, it'll be like somebody who's pretty liberal on most things, and then they'll kind of whisper, like, you know, I don't necessarily agree with this. You yeah. know, it, like yeah. whatever is but like they do get what they get. Whatever quieter. is like the du jour. But they, but they do get quieter when they do that. Yeah. Oh, dude, oh it's yeah. definitely like listen, like, yeah, listen, 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 dude. It's you know? crazy. It's crazy. It, it, like because it, it's like you're 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 getting gaslit. It's like I'm not nuts, right? Am I nuts that I that I disagree with this thing? It's like, and then it's like, no, no, I'm also, I also. Yeah, but sh- sh- She's watching. There's women here. Yeah, the bookers are all female. <laughs> we gotta get, out of, we gotta get out of here. We can't talk about this. That's true. It's it's funny because it's it's kind of accurate. I've had like I when I was like early in my days when I was like doing like those like acting workshops with like a casting director. Mm-hmm. I had like, so many interactions where I just like I sensed their disdain for me. Oh sure. Yeah. And uh, the one that like really sticks in my mind is oh, um, I did I had to do a scene. This is in a workshop that I paid for, and it's supposed to be just like a scene that you do, and you like it, the, the the racket is is that you're signing up for a class. Yeah. But the point of the class is that this casting director sees you, and you hope they're like, "Oh my god, you're amazing! I'm glad I discovered you. Let That's me bring a racket. you. Let yeah, me bring you to sure. my office." So yeah. actors do this shit in New York all the time. So I did this one, and in the scene, I had to fake. I had to throw up. But you know, so I had to figure out a way to like pretend to throw up in a scene. Yeah, it's hard. That, that like fifteen other like actors that I don't know are watching, and some casting director is is watching, and like like this is my only chance to like prove myself in front of this person. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I do the scene, and one of the other actors, like we're, I guess we're, they were like, everyone was like discussing the scenes. Yeah. And one of the other actors goes. He goes. He goes. You know. You're, he goes. You're really funny. He goes. You have this. He, you have this like John Belushi like physical thing. And yeah. I was like, Oh, that's, wow, that's I was, a nice compliment. I was like, Oh, that's amazing. Like no one's ever said that to me before. And I looked over to the casting director, and her look was kind of like, like she like burped a little bit and like was trying to hold. She's like, Ugh. like she was so like dismissive of me as like being funny or interesting. And I'm like. Son of a bitch! But it wasn't a political thing. It was, no, it was oh, just like okay. a. It was just a. It was just a, ju- a judgment. You know what I mean? It oh, was just yeah. like being. Because when you said like like the, all the the bookers, or whatever, it's like all the. It was like. A, oh, I see it was what you a, mean. It was a gatekeeper being like never. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know exactly what you're saying. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. I was like all I want to do is like is like prove myself to this woman, and she's like yeah. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> she's like I don't see it. I don't get it. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Well, we have the internet, so there's no more gatekeepers anywhere. It's uh, fine. Unless, I mean, look, it won't last long, Peter. Yeah. Look at what everyone's doing online. Any successful stand-up has an online presence. It's, it's true. It's a few that are grandfathered in from before the internet really took over, but any new comics, you know, they're 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 rising up through podcasting or or they're rising up through, you know, posting clips yeah. online or or the, you know, someone brings them on the road that's already famous and puts them in front of their large online yeah. following like 
you know, I'm, are, yeah. I'm old school. I'm going to mail VHS tapes of my comedy to my fans. Like that's how I'm going to do it. That is not, no one even ever did that. That was so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Imagine, uh, yeah, this is Eddie Murphy. I'm mailing my own VHS. You think he did that? No, yeah, definitely okay. not. All right. Well, you know, uh, we took it down to a screeching halt. Yeah. Um, what, what else you got? What do you got? <laughs> I got plugs. Yeah. Plug it away. Uh, uh, aggressively chill. Uh, is Wednesday, July 31st. That's next week if you're listening right now. Wednesday, July 31st at 7 p.m. at um, V Spot on St. Mark's. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, I'm doing some other things, but I think this is coming out after that. So that's Yeah, it we're, for now. we're both headed to a show, separate shows that we're on right now. Yes. Um, I, I don't have anything that I need to plug right this second that's coming up, but um, I do I am working on doing at least two shows in Jersey. Yes, uh, that I'm that I'll be like producing and and um, keep an ear out. So I will definitely talk about that one. That's uh, they're going to be probably in September and October. So I will definitely give, have more information later. So I'm excited because this is like a bigger show that I'm going to put together all by myself. So I'm super excited about that. Mm-hmm. Make a lot of money. Yeah, that's what I need. <laughs> that's what I need to do. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, I, I felt good about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So how do you want to say bye? Guys, reach out to us. Let us know who you are and what you like about the podcast. What do you, if there's other movies that you'd want to hear us do or talk about or, or you know, interesting theories about episodes that we've like done that. or yeah. things that we, you know, we, we, maybe we missed when we were talking about a particular movie. I'm sure I've, I've, I've made a lot of people angry <laughs> with my takes on the movie. I know I have a very shallow take a lot of times, so please, um, you know, troll us, bully us. Well, no, but it's, a, it, beat it's us, always an interesting pitch. perspective to come to something completely yeah. fresh. You know? Yeah. And if you came over from Compound Media, thanks. Thanks for listening. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.